The significance of calling the album The Listening was that we really wanted to make a document. Like we looked at it like, like an event, you know what I'm saying? And not just for our record, but just in, in general. Like if you went to a store and you bought an album, you went back to your home or to your car and you sat down for the listening, where you know you would sit down, you listen to the music, you read the lyrics, you read the credits, you know what I mean? That was something that was, it was, it was a ritual, you know? So the listening kind of refers to that in a way, just a ritual of how you consume music and how to consume art. Yo, WJLR, Justice League Radio, good morning. It's your boy Sean Don, the back twister, holding it down right now. You know what I'm saying? Tonight at the hideaway, my boys, little brother, Big Pooh, Fonte, and Ninth Wonder, they doing their thing. Shows hosted by Legacy, better known as Leggy Hendrix, you know what I'm saying? So come check them out, it's gonna be live. And stay tuned this afternoon for my man Big Dope for the afternoon traffic jam, playing all the banging hip hop joints. You know what I'm saying? So keep it locked on WJLR Justice League Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I am 12 Kyle. Check this out. On this episode, what we're going to talk about is an album that is turning 20 years old. It's hard to believe it's been 20 years. Wow. It's like, it's just mind boggling when you think about it. But the listening, the debut album from the rap group Little Brother is turning 20 years old. Crazy. February 25th, 2003. Man, um, this one is very special to me because it's one of my favorite albums for this particular time. Um, and again, I, I'll say it again. It, And I know I say it all the time, but it's really mind-boggling that this album is turning 20 years old because it feels very new. Um and I normally have a story or an anecdote about like when I purchased the album or when I went to the record store and God pulled it off the shelf or whatever like that. But I don't have that type of story for this album. The reason being is that when this album came out, I did not purchase it. What happened was I didn't even know that this album existed or the group even existed at the time that it came out. I'd never even heard of Little Brother. What happened was I purchased their second album, The Minstrel Show, which is an album that I will review uh, later on this year during Hip Hop Week. Um, and then once I, you know, heard that and fell in love with that, I was like, oh, this isn't their first album? Like, and I had to go back. I had to go back. So I went back to this one and I was blown away. The listening, 20 years later. Um, and again, this is the rap group Little Brother. If you're not familiar who Little Brother is, uh, at the time, there were three members. At the time of this, uh, excuse me, at the time this album was created, it was three members. Uh, Fonte, 
the rapper Big Pooh and producer Ninth Wonder. Um, they all met on the campus of North Carolina Central University and HBCU. Shout out to HBCUs. Um, yeah, so that's where they met and that's how they met. They met, you know, in the dorm, kicking it like most kids did in the 90s. Um, and they went on to form a rap collective um, of not just them, but uh, probably about, what, nine other guys. Uh, and they call themselves the Justice League. And they began, little did they know at the time, but that crew and, and little brother themselves um, started formulating what would be uh, a collective as, like I said, called the Justice League, but also creating um, a sound um, for their state because they're from North Carolina. Um, North Carolina Central is lo located in Durham. So they created a sound really for Durham, but Southern hip hop. Uh, what they did was they created a sound really for I don't want to say backpack rappers because they really weren't backpack rappers, but they were the they were the anti thug, if you will. They were anti um, commercialism or whatnot. And what I mean by that is if you think about the time in which this album came out again, February 25th, 2003. A couple of weeks prior to this album coming out. 50 Cent drops Get Rich or Die Trying, right? Killing it. I mean, he's killing the game. Everything is about 50 Cent. Everything is about his G-Unit crew. You know, the East Coast is, quote unquote, coming back, I guess, if you will. Um, but, you know, Little Brother was different. You know, they didn't necessarily uh, try to go after that audience. They were just two dudes and a dope-ass producer who could, who could write, who could rap, who could create a great sound of music. Because at this particular time, I'd never heard of Ninth Wonder. But Ninth Wonder is arguably one of the greatest beat makers of his generation. I don't think I'm going far in saying that. I love Ninth Wonder's production. And the rapper Big Pooh, incredible MC. Incredible MC. Fonte, another incredible MC and a vocalist who can sing his face off. Long before Drake was singing on hooks, Fonte was. In fact, I think it goes without saying that Drake stole Fonte's style, but that's a whole nother story for a whole nother episode. But nonetheless, man, 20 years ago, this album comes out um came out on what ABNB ABB records um small independent label and um like I said when I first heard it I was blown because little brother didn't sound like anybody else I mean they really didn't from their what they were rhyming about what they were you know talking about and what they really tried to convey to the listener um, it wasn't on no, it wasn't about, you know, guns or drugs or thugging out or anything like that, or selling drugs, or anything like that, killing people. Any, it was just dope raps 
for regular people, regular dudes like me. And I so related to it. I so related to it. And honestly, a lot of people, a lot of guys in our age group did too. Ladies too. I can't say that because I can't find the ladies love little brother too. But this was an incredible body of work. And um, I'm glad to, you know, be able to sit here and talk about this one and, and take us back uh, 20 years. Um, before we get into the tracks, I got to talk about the production. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, all but one track was produced by uh, super producer Ninth Wonder. Um, how can I describe Ninth Wonder? Ninth Wonder is... Again, one of the best beat makers that you'll ever hear, um, you know, inspired by guys like Pete Rock and um, maybe Primo some too as well. Um, Ninth Wonder has that soul. It's, it's, it's boom bap, but it's soul and it's soul samples and it's, you know, chopped up very well, but very raw. And I mean, like when you hear a Ninth Wonder beat, you're going to bob your head. You know, it's a constant, mm, mm, mm. you're bobbing and it's, it's infectious. When you add on top of his production, his ear, the way that he could create and craft beats for these supreme MCs in rapper Big Pooh and uh, Fonte. It was the perfect fit. In my opinion, it was the perfect fit. You had guys who could rap over dope beats, but the beats didn't overshadow what they were rapping about. Like it wasn't a situation where you would pay attention more to the beat than you would to what they're talking about, right? And vice versa. You wouldn't, you could hear their verses, but you were also intrigued by the beat. And you were intrigued by the beat while being entertained by the verses so it, it was a perfect match um again i and it's funny because like i remember hearing this and i when i heard it for the first time and you know i went i think i heard it on um like a burn cd then i went and purchased the cd because I, I i i didn't want one I, I knew that you know at this particular time a lot of people were burning cds so we weren't necessarily um we weren't necessarily purchasing a lot of music if you if you necessarily had to. But just because of who they were and how I felt about them, I had to go purchase it for myself and also to give them that sale. You know, and I'm talking about the time when which, you know, we had to physically leave our house, go to the record store, purchase an album and get the physical copy and the CD and put it in your, your tape deck or CD uh, change or whatever the case may be. Um, but that was huge to me. Like I just, I wanted to make sure that I financially supported them because at that particular time I was a huge fan. Again, I came in on the second album and the second album is, is cold, but this first album is a smoker too. Um, and so, like I said, I, I just, I was blown away when I heard it. I, and, and the thing that I kept saying to myself was like, where was I when this came out? Like, and I tried to figure out like where I was in life when it, when it came out. Um, 2003, I was a father. Uh, we had just had Cameron in 2002. So I was probably doing a lot of running around. Um, so Cameron was turning one that year. Dion was already what four um, 
or turning four. So, um, so I had little little people, but I still don't know how I <laughs> how I missed this album. Um, but nonetheless, uh, Ninth Wonder's production is crazy. Um, the album is actually set. Uh, the premise of the album is surrounded is is surrounded in the theme of a radio station. So you're hearing the first thing that you hear on the opening track is you feel like you're at a, a radio station. A radio station is called WJLR, which is Justice League Radio. Um, so that's the theme, and the album goes. The album runs about sixty five minutes, so it's a little more than an hour. Um, and I'll get into the tracks and tell you, you know, what I liked it about the album. Um, and I want to say it's about 18 tracks. Uh, but even in the format of the radio, radio station that you're listening to, there's different interludes, there's skits, um, there's call in requests, uh, there's commercials. Um, it's a little bit of everything. So it's, it's a very, very, cohesive album it is sonically one of the most cohesive albums i think of its decade um and it's saying a lot because you know the 2000s you know hip-hop kind of <laughs> kind of fell off a little bit but i loved it um and you know the thing for me was like little brother wasn't they weren't on def jam they weren't on raucous they were from North Carolina. And at the time, nobody was coming out of North Carolina. So like me being from South Carolina, I was in Atlanta at the time that this album came out, but because I moved to Atlanta in 1997. But the thing was, was that they represented the South. And then given the fact that they were from North Carolina, I'm from South Carolina. That made me want to listen to them even more because they were like repping where we were from. And there was a misconception that I think was in was very prevalent in rap at that particular time that if you were from the South, like you were just on some booty shake or you, you, you know, your, your rhymes were very simplistic, not Pooh and Fonte. Pooh and Tay, mm -mm, not even close. They was going to bar your ass to death. And I mean, like they spit bars over some incredible beats and you know, it's like Pooh said, they just rap for regular dudes. That's it. Regular dudes. And you know what I was <laughs> in 2003? A regular dude. No different 20 years later. I'm a regular dude. And I, I really appreciated that. Um, but yeah, the, the rhymes were um, very funny at times. Uh, insightful thought-provoking um they get deep on some tracks you know um get, get they get kind of personal on some tracks um but it's uh it, it's it's a great listen it is a if i had to equate it to a meal it's a very filling satisfying meal that the more and more that you eat it and digest it the more and more you taste the flavor that's what the listening is um I will say this to all of you. If you have not heard this album, if you don't know who Little Brother is, <laughs> please do yourself a favor. When this episode stops, 
go to any streaming service or even go i don't even know if they have hard copies and do that do they still have i don't even know if they still have hard copies in the store but go buy it go download it go stream it the listening it's an incredible album and it still bumps to this day to this day um so let's get to it man let's get to the tracks uh as i mentioned um a little more than 65 minutes um ninth wonder produced all tracks with the exception of track 13 uh the get up um there aren't any guest features really well there aren't any guest features outside of their crew i should say um which also was a um that was a welcoming surprise too as well because at this particular time in hip-hop you had a lot of groups that were um well not a lot of groups but just a lot of acts in general that would go and go get this one and that one and this rapper and that rapper and put them on the tracks and stuff and i mean like it was annoying at point at times because here's the thing if i want to hear you i'm coming to hear you i don't want to hear everybody else so the whole thing with guest features and stuff like i've never been a big fan of a whole bunch of guest features on your album one or two is cool but outside of that like especially if it's outside of your crew nah man come on Let's, let's let's get out of here but um this album uh commercially you know didn't sell a lot of records relatively speaking i think initially i, th- I think maybe even to date is probably sold somewhere about between 50 and 100,000 hadn't sold a lot of records um but again it was on an independent label um and uh this album was a great setup to the next album the minstrel show which came out in 2005 but it also put the rapper Big Pooh, Fonte, and Ninth Wonder on the map. Um, and so you cannot have, you cannot attribute any success that they had prior. I mean, after this, it all starts here. Um, the tracks start off with, uh, as I mentioned, this 18 tracks start off with uh, track one, uh, Morning, featuring Sean Don's more of an interlude. Um introduces you to justice league radio and kind of sets the tone for what's about to happen next uh then you get to track two groupie part two uh this is just uh big poo big poo is the only one rapping on this one no fonte um and it's funny because like i remember um i think i'd listened to this album at least five or six times and then it hit me like maybe on the sixth or seventh time, I was like, oh, Fonte's not on that track. <laughs> I don't know how I missed it. The, like the first couple of times that I heard it, but um, yeah, I didn't, I was just so into this, to the album that I realized that uh, Fonte wasn't on the, on that particular track, uh, Groupie's part, Groupie part two. Funny, funny joint, really, really dope song. Um, then we get to track three for you uh, with Fonte and Big Pooh. Um, they're going back and forth and, and, and they got bars and this is a banger. Uh, then we get to track four, which is uh speed, um, with Pooh and Fonte. Um, now what's interesting about speed is speed is the first single that they released. This single was released in August of 2001. Uh, the thing about speed is that speed is the song that actually helped form the group little brother right 
as legend has it uh <laughs> speed was supposed to be fonte and uh median the rapper median median doesn't show up big Pooh steps in and they create a song and the rest is history um then we get to track five whatever you say uh whatever you say is probably is it my i, I can't say well Whatever you say has my favorite verse on the album. The verse from Fonte kills it. Whatever you say, whatever you say. Usually play the background. You know, clean cut, soft spoken, well dressed, dipped out, straight chilling when I'm in the club, yo. Sipping the Sprite with the ill lemon mixed in it, sipping on it. I was just chilling till I saw you. That's when my heart stopped. Knees gave head, sweating jaws locked. I was sweating you like, goddamn, girl. You got a nigga going fuck wild, mesmerized, starstruck. I was thinking maybe we can go out. Like to the movies or the Applebee's, blockbuster state fair. But you looked at me and said, fuck that. You just a herd with no money and no Jeep and no condo. And I thought the little brother had a record deal. Okay, I see where you're going now. Wanna sweat a nigga when you think he got a cash advance and some personal time. But fuck that, I got your head still bobbing in my verse to end rhyme. So it's whatever. That's all right, girl. Whatever you say. Hands down. That's my joint. Um, Pooh has a dope verse too, but Fonte, and what's interesting is like, <laughs> again, I listened to it a couple of times and, um, you know, Fonte raps the whole verse and the words don't rhyme. And then he says at the end, I got your head still bopping and my verse didn't rhyme. And I'm like, Yes. Um, so he got me because like I didn't even I was so into the the script or the story of what he was talking about that I didn't even notice that he wasn't rhyming. Um so yeah, that was funny and that was dope. Um speaking of funny, uh the next track is an interlude uh with Fonte singing um <laughs> called Make Me Hot. Man, what's the deal with all that? I'm gonna let my man Fonte, man, tell you how I feel about that. Make me hot, be, hold me down, be. Make me hot, be, hold me down, be. We was in the club, that's where I saw you. It was my nigga, P. He was a tall dude, wanted to get your number so I could call you. Come into Missy Ants, OP don't fall through. Just make me hot, P. Hold me down, P. Make me hot, P. Hold me down, P. P, my singer don't know how to sing. Just make me hot. P, I don't got no hood. Just make me hot. P, I don't know how to write 16. Just make me hot. Some 72 dramatics and, and, and some of the 87 ready for the world with silly on the oh Congo. Make me hot. <laughs> Make me hot. <laughs> Man, fuck me. Roy Lee got hot beats anyway. Let go. 
uh make me hot is is funny man because and it, and it you know shows the 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 depth of fonte because again he's singing on this hook and on this interlude excuse me and it's dope it's dope and they're, they're saying make me hot p for referring to p as as in um uh ninth wonder that's his real name is patrick do do hit and fonte's real name is fonte coleman and uh the rapper big poos real name is uh what's his name thomas thomas what is poos last name i can't remember i'll look i think it's thomas jones um nonetheless uh so they say make me hot p so that's when they when you hear them say p they're referring to uh ninth wonder um then we get to track seven uh the yo-yo um the yo-yo is dope man i i uh i want to say fonte got a source quotable uh for his verse in the yo for the yo-yo um (laughs) i like at the end he said um (laughs) even though y'all niggas trying to might not cuss like me end of the night y'all just trying to fuck like me and then he said, I, I, I'd rather listen to some Trick Daddy next poetry night. My black queen don't know now, nigga. <laughs> that verse is funny. Um, but he talks about, you know, like how people think or, you know, they kind of brand them as this righteous group. Like and they think that, you know, they're because they're pro black or whatever the case may be like. They go to poetry readings at coffee houses, coffee shops or whatever that they don't because they are about black righteousness that they don't like to do regular shit that regular dudes do yeah they want to get with a chick they want to do whatever um so that was funny and that that kind of gives you an idea a glimpse into who fonte is and his comedic side because if you know fonte fonte is hilarious even to this day um He's a great follow on social media as well. Both he and Pooh. Um, and so the yo-yo is, is one of the, one of those one of those bangers. Um then we get to track seven. Um, I'm sorry, track seven was the yo-yo. Track eight, Shorty on the Lookout. This is featuring Fonte, Pooh, and the aforementioned median who did not show up for the recording. Um, another banger. Fellas going back and forth. I mean, like. You're going to hear me say another banger because all of these songs bang. Um, and I, I, I love, I don't, and I, I would, if I had a chance to talk to them, I would ask how they came up with some of these titles. Uh, track nine is entitled Love Joint Revisited. And this is Fonte and Pooh. Um, another banger. I mean, like this album, again, sonically flows very well. It really, really meshes with uh, these uh, two MCs and again Ninth Wonder on the production is crazy um, track 10 so fabulous um, that's another joint man I, and you know what's really interesting was I remember the first couple of times I heard so fabulous I was like okay yeah that's cool but then the more and more I listened to it I loved it um, then track 11 um, the way you do it the way you do it is probably like my second favorite track on the album. Um, man, listen, it, this was their second single. This was, this was released in November of 2002. Um, no, I'm sorry. 
this was their third release single. It was released May 20th, 2003. The second release single was the aforementioned Whatever You Say. That was released November of 20, uh, 2002. Um, yeah, the way you do it is probably, it's probably my second favorite track on the album. Um, this is a smoker. <laughs> uh, track 12, another interlude with the producer extraordinaire, Roy Lee. Roy Lee threatens uh, Ninth Wonder. <laughs> because neither won't give him a beat. Roy Lee is trying to create a beat in the studio and the beat is whack. And he threatens, you know, to start jacking other uh, beat makers beats. Um, and Roy Lee is played by Fonte. Uh, hilarious. I, I wish there was like a video of this. Um, then we get the track 13, uh, the get up, uh, which I mentioned a little earlier is produced by eccentric. Um, another another joint man i mean like it's hit after hit after hit after hit um then we get to track 14 away from me now this one smooths it out a little bit um i'm not as big a fan of this track um and and the following track nobody but you and it's not that they're bad tracks because on away from me fonte is rapping to his i guess infant son um you can hear him kind of coddling uh or cooing at the end of the album i mean at the end of this particular song uh Pooh is talking to his brother who's incarcerated um so they get personal on on that particular song but track 14 and 15 for me because they're slower i don't necessarily feel them as much they're not skips but they're not i don't think that they're on par with the rest of the album i could be wrong they're just not if i said like the rest of the songs were 10 they're eights suit you know what i mean um just a slight fall off i mean it happens um but still solid solid songs very solid songs then we get to track 15 excuse me 16 um home and um this is just ninth wonder this is another joint that is is dope i like the way that they weave in and out of this sonically um sometimes with albums particularly albums that are on the longer side of a, like an hour or so as a fan sometimes you can sit there and be like damn is this, is this album over yet <laughs> i never got the feeling on this on this album even in my first listen like i just i was just blown away i was into it um the next joint nighttime maneuvers man listen the beat is sinister um this is just fonte and so he he gets a chance to rock on his solo joint Pooh had a solo joint on the album and at the beginning fonte goes at the end banger and then the album closes with my favorite track of the album uh Pooh and fonte close it out with the listening and it's the longest track on the album is six minutes and seven seconds long um you know they they address a lot on this and they come off as being being very frank but not preachy um you know they say you know cats not listening you know they care about everything else but the music and i think that tracks sits with me because in a lot of ways that's how i think i felt at the time where hip hop was and where 
we a lot of us saw hip hop going where, you know, it was about everything but the music, you know, I mean, and this was before social media. So it wasn't like, you know, you were worried about Instagram or how many followers you got or, you know, how many shows you're doing, anything like that. But they 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 strictly talk about, you know, people ain't listening to the music and that's what they want you to do. You paid your money, we hope for the album. Listen to it, you know, sit down, absorb the music, take it in. Um, I mean, like it, it, it's I don't think that's asking for much, but that was like where we were at that particular time with hip hop. And there was a change. And I don't think little brother was too keen on the change, but they were going to call it out where they saw fit. And this was the perfect place. And again, it's very matter of fact very clear but <laughs> they're not you know they ain't dissing nobody you know they're not calling out any names you know if the shoe fits where but um dope dope album and that concludes the album man i i just again i can't tell you how much i love this album um it is an album that has always seemed to stay within my rotation um it's one of those albums that when I listen to the minstrel show, I listen to the listening as well. Um, because it's, it's just, it's feel good music. And, you know, I, even 20 years later, I still hear different things when I listen to this album. And, um, you know, it wasn't an album that they made a lot of money off of, obviously, but, you know, it was very much, it was very much praised by, you know, the critics um, received a lot of critical acclaim. I think it got four mics in the source. Um, Hip hop heads love this album. Uh, I'm sure many of you who clicked on this review love this album. Um, and I had to I had to come on here and talk about it because it, it, it is only right. You know, I mean, they did. They pulled off something major here. And I think the thing that speaks volumes about this album is that it still sounds as dope as it did when it came out 20 years ago. It's hard to believe that it's been 20 years, but it still sounds as dope. Now, we all know, or maybe some of you don't know, that Fonte and Pooh and Ninth Wonder, their next album would be the last album that they recorded as a trio um, subsequently after that. Ninth Wonder was no longer in the group and it was a duo from there on out. And they are, they are still making dope albums to this day. Um, and hopefully at the time of this recording, we can get another little brother album going forward this year. Um, or at the very least, if you get a chance to catch little brother on tour, catch him. I saw him and I saw him in 2019 and it was crazy. And when they do joints from this album, people go crazy because it's good to hear these songs. Um, and this this was the start of their careers. And I, I think I feel like as a, as a big fan, I feel happy being a part of this. Even though I came late <laughs> to this album, I still feel like I'm a part of their their movement. And um, wherever little, little Brother goes, I'm going to be there. Wherever, whenever they put out music, I'm going to purchase it because uh, I'm a big fan and I support them. In, in, in any and everything that they do. And um, again, as I mentioned earlier, if you have not had a chance to listen to this album, do yourself a favor, 
listen to this album, purchase this album. You will not be disappointed. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for me. Again, the listening little brother, 20 years later, February 25th, 2003. Again, thank you for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. Um, Remember this podcast drops every Thursday at midnight. And from time to time, we drop bonus episodes on Sundays at midnight. Uh, Also, if you feel inclined, feel free to support this podcast by hitting us up on cash app uh, dollar sign T W E L V E K Y L E. Um, so that's 12 Kyle. Hit me up on cash app for a donation. Again, that's going to do it for me. I am your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.